Yes, hello everyone. How's it going? What's the crack? My name is Michael and welcome back to another episode of the Laugh podcast and I thank you so much for listening. So it's the big debate. It's the big football debate. It's the episode that a lot of people have asked for and requested and have finally decided to open this can of worms and be brave enough to discuss it partially. <laughs> I have decided that for business reasons and personal safety, I'm going to remain neutral <laughs> in this debate. The debate, of course, being who was the best midfielder between Paul Scholes, Stephen Gerrard and Frank Lampard. And over the course of this episode, we'll hear from many people, uh, some of which have messaged in on social media. Others who are joining me as a guest. I have a total of five guests on this episode, uh, all of which spoke brilliantly and argued their case. Uh, so speaking of social media, just to start us off, as we always do here, uh, follow me on Twitter at michaellavery 98 and on Instagram at Podcast. If you want to be involved in these sort of episodes, I put these kind of polls and questions up all the time uh, and the response I get is usually brilliant. Uh, a lot of people reply, which makes my job easier when it comes to recording because it means that I have your opinions and facts and stats to help build the episode around. So the way we're going to do this, uh, we're going to break it down. Uh, I'm going to go through the social media here first as to what everybody sent in on Instagram and Twitter and a few comments I got on Facebook. Um, then we'll go to the guests uh, and I've decided to name them as teams. So we've got Team Gerard, Team Scholes and Team Lampard. And we'll just run through them in that order and you can hear what the fellas have to say in defending their chosen player. So starting us off, I think we'll go to we'll go to Facebook just because there was a couple of comments. Um this is all just people that have got in touch and wanting to put their opinion forward on the debate, as I said. Um and then we'll move over to Twitter and Instagram after where I actually conducted proper polls. Um so I just asked the simple question who was the best midfielder? Um Skulls, he had everything uh, except for tackling he couldn't do that for shit. Uh, Richie McGee says Stevie G carried the club and team on his own for many years on many occasions the other two exceptional players but had the luxury to play with great players too Gerard was not so fortunate which I think uh, is fair uh, Richie does jo- his job a good job so I should say in making his case for his player whilst also acknowledging the success and talent of the other two which uh, by credit to all the guests done really well at that so <laughs> what I've tried to achieve here is some sort of balance. I've tried to make sure that um everybody gets equal opportunity to present their facts uh, or their opinions and then leave it to you, the listener, to decide um who the best was. And quite frankly, there might never be an answer. This is uh this is one of those debates that'll go on for as long as football itself will and in, you know, probably coming years it's going to move from who was the better player to who's the best manager because you know all three are sort of starting to dip their toes in management i said dip their toes Gerard and lampard heavily involved in management Scholes has a big in with uh salford so you know uh, you'd expect more management more serious management from him perhaps down the line um what else have we got uh, Frank, 270, uh, 274 goals in his career from midfield is just ridiculous. Um, Scores by a country mile, he drags shite United teams to titles. Um, not too sure I agree or disagree with that one. Uh, I agree with that one. Uh, I wouldn't say 
that those United teams were necessarily bad. They played under perhaps the best manager ever. Um, and he was able to turn average players into great players. So, you know, Scholes was uh, always one of the first names on that team sheet. And as you say, didn't have great players around him. So I suppose I see where you're coming from. But uh, to, to say that those United teams weren't necessarily the best, uh, I think is a bit of an overstatement. Uh, moving on to Twitter. Um, over on Twitter, I did a poll. Again, just asking the exact same question. And from 50 votes, uh, this is how the share of the vote went. So coming in at last was actually Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard got 18% of the vote. Now, all these mathematicians um, can figure out how many votes that is from 50 because at the time of recording, it's too early and I couldn't be bothered to have done the breakdown. So <laughs> all you're getting is the percentages. Uh, Stephen Gerrard got 30% of the vote and Scholes came out on top at 52%. Now, might have to put my hands up and admit, as a United fan, obviously I'm active on Twitter, so therefore the people that follow me are more likely to be uh, United fans as well, which might have swung the bias ever so slightly. There's my phone. Going. That was just another comment as well, just before we started recording. These two aren't even close to the master that was Paul Scholes. Paul Scholes every day. And then here's one from a Chelsea fan. Despite being a Chelsea fan, this was an easy decision. Scholes was a silent killer for most of his career, operating with bigger names in the side, but had all the tools to lift the team. A sniper's precision pass, hard in the tackle, not outspoken, a cannon of a right boot. As well as that, he could cover ground and play and keep big names quiet the whole game. Players like Xavi were calling him one of the greatest centre mids that they've ever played against. I can see the quality of all three, but Scholes pipped it for me. Lamp second and Stevie G third. That one was from Twitter. Big statement. Um, to, to be that brave to come out and, uh, as a Chelsea fan and, and go against um, go against the grain shall we say um, and as I said then on Instagram I also did a poll uh, 4 votes for Steven Gerrard 3 for Scholes and 5 for Lampard so a bit of a mix overall um, as you'll hear the fellas talking that are coming on as guests here in just a minute um, don't worry I haven't, we haven't excluded Gerrard from this conversation the bias does swing back towards him ever so slightly um yeah well move i got one message on whatsapp that i would like to read out um this is from my uncle marty one of the most passionate chelsea fans i know followed them for years um and i asked him just did he want it did he have anything he wanted to say for the podcast and this was him Gerard was a great player and a poor team so he'd always start scholes was a great passer of the ball very smart scored worldies but could not tackle or defend at all. Lampard was surrounded by world-class players, yet was always the first name on the sheet, scored 274 goals, and could tackle and defend. I'm obviously biased, but I'd have him over any of them. So, that's from Milko Marty. As I said, massive Chelsea fan, as he admits himself, probably a slightly biased view. However, I feel like that's the uh, that's the socials well wrapped up here in the first seven or eight minutes. Uh, I know it feels like we went like wildfire, but as I said, we've got uh, a handful of guests coming on now here. Just going to run in succession. And um, we've got, uh, as I said, Team Gerard, Team Scholes, and Team Lampard. And coming up first is uh, Team Gerard. And we're going to start off by going to Anton Toland on why he believes Stephen Gerard is the best of the three. So Liverpool have got possession. Four added minutes. And Gerard! 
So bringing in the first member of, uh, I suppose we'll call it Team Gerrard. Uh, as I said, we're going to do this in different sections and have everybody defending the player they think best. Is someone who actually currently plays for the Liverpool team at the minute. Uh, no, sorry. Looks like someone that plays for the Liverpool team at the minute. Alison Backers, double ganger, Anton Toland. Anton, what's the crack, mate? Well, Michael, how are we? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, so No worries. Uh, I believe you're here to, to state your claim as to why you think Steven Gerrard is the batter of the three. And I'll, I'll give you the floor. I am, yes. Um, it's a question I'll, uh, I'll probably live on for as long as I go. Uh, no doubt everyone's had the, this footballing conversation in the pub or elsewhere between Gerrard, Scholes and Lampard. Well, and they're all phenomenal in their own right, of course. Um, before I start going off on Gerard, I want to say a wee bit about Lampard and Scholes, just so we don't come across as you know a biased fan, maybe in Liverpool, this and that. But Lampard, listen, Chelsea's highest goal scorer from midfield, two hundred eleven goals, yep, hundred and two assists, and obviously one of the best box to box midfielders of all time. Definitely. Uh, he's only he's the only Premier League midfielder to score one hundred and fifty plus goals. And he actually got double digits for 10 successive years, actually, before the 13-14 season, which was his injury season, actually. So, um, But he's always played with world-class players such as Czech, Terry, Drogba, you know, all managed by Prime Mourinho. So yeah. I still think Lamp Lampard between them uh, earns maybe Chelsea's GOAT status, you could say. Oh, definitely. Um, any any nice words for Paul Scholes, or do you have that in your locker as a Liverpool fan? <laughs> um, yeah, no doubt. His passing technique, absolutely something else. Take control of a game, at whatever pace he decided. Um, not your traditional English player that, that take a game like that, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but you can also say he's surrounded by absolute world-class talent throughout his whole Manchester United career just through that era of dominance he's had under yeah. um, Alex Ferguson. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so, um, you've got the niceness out of the way. I mean, you, you flush that out of your system right and quick and I'm glad you have yeah, because now, <laughs> before, before you fall sick, um, you have free reign. So, right, tell me and tell everybody that's listening uh, why Stephen Gerrard deserves to be at the top of this list. Well, Steven Gerrard between the three, and no doubt three of them are you know, very good leaders in their own right, but he is the best out of these three for leadership skills in a team in a changing room. Uh, Steven Gerrard earns that right. Uh, unlike Gerrard, he never actually had the world-class players around him. And, yeah. uh, he could have, no doubt, he went elsewhere, and, but uh, throughout his Liverpool career, um, that just wasn't happening. But he, he chose to stay there just through the... The loyalty of the club and true scouts are in him but uh his potential was maybe a wee bit utilized out of the three as well because of that yeah no doubt he could no doubt he could have been more and won more than already was but um yeah he was wanted by the classic real madrid teams sc milan's prime Mourinho nearly got him yeah but yeah true scouts are so um go on ahead not to mention his trials he had at United when he was younger. But thank, God. <laughs> thank God he's the one that got away. Um, yeah. I suppose that, that, w that would have been a different... Uh, history would have looked a bit different if, if he had went down that road, do you reckon? 
off that definitely, especially with him being a scouter as well. Yeah. Sure. Um, we managed to hold on to Wayne Rooney. That was a uh, that was enough for us. Um, just w- weirdly now that you mentioned it, do you think he would have been as successful as he was if he'd have stayed and went up through the United Youth System, played under Sir Alex Ferguson, or do you think he he shone in that role of being from Liverpool, uh, being you know. Liverpool through and through, wanting to be the leader of the club, being being the head of the club and sort of the, the face of the brand. I think if he went to that United youth system, he'd have been no doubt he'd have worked his way up and up through the ranks into the team and been captain of Manchester United. With confidence, I can say that. That is a, that's a huge statement. It is, um, no doubt, especially the players United had back then, but. That's the captain of Manchester United. Oh my God! Listen, that's going to that's that's that's, uh, that's going to cause a lot of debate, and I'm really looking forward to it. So, if anybody listening uh, agrees or disagrees with it, because I know it's going to polarize a lot of people's thoughts, uh, definitely do get in touch because I want to hear what people have to say about that. I'll tag Anton when this goes up, and of course, you can direct all praise to me and all abuse to him because that's just how this has to work. Um, that's a massive statement. I can't believe you've come out with that. You've sort of caught me yeah. off answer. I wasn't ready for that. Um, what, well, what about, I think like, in the early years it wouldn't have happened. You had Roy Keane. Joe yes. would have been a younger guy. Uh-huh. And he wouldn't have been as captain for as long at United, you can say, than he yeah. was at Liverpool. Yeah. But at, at the age of 23, taking the armband off Sammy Hibbia, that was a huge statement in itself as well. It yeah. wouldn't have happened at United because Roy Keane had had it and he would have had it for a while after that. But Gerard would have been next in line for me. If that happened, but thank God it didn't. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's making you feel a wee bit queasy thinking about it. Stephen Gerrard, captain Manchester United. I couldn't even talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I feel like you've done a fantastic job. Uh, you know, defending your corner, saying what you have to say, um, and the flag has firmly been planted with Gerrard at the top of the mound. The rest of the packing order, then Scholes and Lampard. Um, I feel like I know what order you're going to put them in, but what's your two and three? Yeah, I actually had to think about it last night. Well, I don't like United or Chelsea. But, so this isn't based on the team or whoever, this is based on the player. But I think if I had my own XA, my own team to be drawn up and a player to sign, yeah. I would go for the goal scorer, Frank Lampard. Very yeah. tight. It's something I can't, um, something I couldn't pick there and then. Easy. I had to do my read up on it. And obviously, I've grown up watching these live, this isn't just yeah. highlights and stuff, so I was lucky enough to have that say on it as well. But Frank Lampard for me. Let's be honest, you don't you don't really care. This is all just a formality. You just as long as Gerard's in the team you're happy. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Anton, you've done a fantastic job uh, starting off this argument for Team Gerard and I'm sure the rest of the lads that follow uh, will do an equally good job. Uh, I'm sure everybody listening will agree you, you've come across with some fantastic points and uh, you've even you, you, fair tell you you've um you've went out of your comfort zone to praise the others to even hypothesize Stephen Gerrard in a Manchester United jersey and uh, for that I thank you very much and thanks so much for coming on. <laughs> no problem, thank you. Cheers, so up next for team uh, Gerrard is perhaps one of the most outspoken Liverpool fans that I know, but also someone that, when it's fair and when it's deserved, will give credit to other players and to other teams. Now, will that be the case today? I do not know. Next up for Team Gerard is Jordy Young. Jordy, what's the crack, mate? All right, Lowry, what's happening? All good, mate. All good. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, and as I said, you know, 
you can be fair when you need to be, but you can be heavily biased at the best of times. And that's no offence to you. As, as a Liverpool fan, I know you're rightfully entitled to do so, but you're here today to defend Steven Gerrard, um, you know, against yeah. these other two great midfielders as well. Uh, what sort of your thoughts and opinions on, on the whole debate? Well, the, all three of them are great midfielders in their own right. Uh, me personally, I've always, obviously because I like Liverpool and I support them their my life, um, I've always said that Gerrard's better than both of them. But that's just my opinion. I know if you supported United, you'd maybe say Scholes is the best out of the three of them. And if you supported Chelsea, you'd probably say Lampard's the best out of the three of them. Um, one thing I would say, just on behalf of Lampard, is he's probably the best goal scorer out of the three of them. Yeah. Um, I would more say for Scholes, he was obviously based on controlling games and the tempo of the game. Um, he'd yeah. be more, you know, just as a number six playing the ball like an NFL kind of player, playing the ball, spreading the play, and he's he's makes it look real easy. Yeah. Uh, what I would say about the difference that I'm going to say that way I think Gerard's better than Lampard and Scholes is he is more of an all round game. Um, it's all right looking great when you're playing in great teams. Gerard was still looking great, carried Liverpool on his shoulders for years upon years even whenever we were under Roy Hodgson finishing ninth, tenth, Europa League was the target um, every season just to get into any sort of European football at all. Sorry, I call them the glory days because I <laughs> the most. I will thank God they're long long many times ago because I couldn't watch it was getting to the stage it was it was it was tough patronizing yeah tough to watch even yeah um I know it's Obviously, you always base teams on winning titles and winning cups and domestic cups, but it was literally the Steven Gerrard final in 2005, yeah. the Champions League. Um, it's literally known as the Steven Gerrard final and, and as well the FA Cup. Um, 94th minute, pulled up with a cramp, and hit one I think on the 95th minute into the bottom corner, brought it the extra time and ended up winning the game in penalties and won the FA Cup as well. The reason why, I was, sorry I was coming back to is he's played, he's carried the team on his shoulders for years and years as when they weren't good enough. Lampard and Scholes, they're credits, real good obviously midfielders, probably would rank in the top 10 Premier League's best ever midfielders to play in the Premier League. But they were constantly, there's not one stage where they really played on a bad team. Um, Paul Scholes obviously had at that stage, probably I would say the best front three in world football, maybe debatable, but with Prime Rooney, Ronaldo, and even this like Tevez as well, fitted in there nicely. Um, he had Rio at the back. He had always a good spine behind him of the team, even in yeah. Fondasar as well. And the same said for Chelsea with John Terry. It's not John Terry, Patrick Jack, not to say that Liverpool never had a good spine at the time there was, I think, from about 2005 to about 2007, 2008, during the Champions League semi-final, two of the years out of the four, yeah. at least. But it's just more, when the tough's going, Gerard could have left a load of times. I think Mourinho yeah. wanted him. I think there was even a story, a report, that Fergie was even interested in him at one stage. And I think it's more of a credit that nowadays it's footballers don't stick yeah. Stick, stick, stay loyal really to any, any, any club they're in. Um, it's all money based. I think that was the last generation, even up as far as 
where you actually play it for the shirt. I think now yeah. it's just more whoever's paying you the more money. It doesn't matter about their club history. If they're willing to give you 250, 300 grand a week, I think the players just are usually That's happy enough to, yeah. to yeah, just go to just the money. And you can understand why, in a sense, but... That's why I just think Gerard's there were seasons that we were completely awful and Gerard was as a midfielder back then was scoring maybe 15 20 goals a season in the league and having at least 10 to 15 assists also and that was really him only playing like well I wouldn't say our team was great but we did have a couple of good players in the team with Torres um even as far Jamie Carragher one one day he was the best centre back ever in the Premier League, but he always gave a hundred percent. He very rarely had a bad game, um. But it was just more the days. People always remembered, like they always remembered the three of them. Are they couldn't play together for England? Yeah. But I was think it was more. It's whoever was manager England didn't have a formation to fit the three of them in because all three of them in their own right are world class. Yeah. So how could you not? You know how could they not play in the same team together? It's it's a bit baffling. Um, I just don't think whoever was in charge, even the yeah, few managers that were in charge, yeah, didn't really do a good enough job of accommodating them or getting information. Like you would love to see, just as an example, someone like Guardiola there, managing England even in them years with Beckham, um, yeah. and all them ones, just to see, he would like it would be interesting to see because he probably would get the best out of them. But I would still say George. If anyone ever asked me, and that's just not being a Liverpool man, I would always go back to George was the best. I like. I would have him in my team, Premier League team, like ever. Best ever yeah. yeah, best ever. Like I would have him in there, maybe with a good holding midfielder. Not to say he couldn't tackle. I always just remembered that he literally had. There was one year, I think it was two thousand five, and I'm not saying like schools Lampard as much as they've had good seasons. I don't think they were really ever as close to the Ballon d'Or as what Gerard was that year. I think he was beat by Kaká vs Milan in two thousand five. Could be wrong. But how he didn't win that or the Ballon d'Or in two thousand five was beyond me because his stats and the way he played that year was sensational. And the same players now, you wonder, especially with the price market, yeah. that's increased in in value as well. Back then, maybe you would think like like just an example like about thirty forty million for them kind of players. And then yeah. you see players nowadays that were never as good as any. Well, definitely not as good as Gerard. Like there's people. That's talked up, and they're like, "Ah, oh, he's the next Stephen Gerrard, or he's the next this or that." They'll never ever be no, ever we like. Have we haven't seen that, and there's none of the midfielders now. Don't get me wrong. There's attacking players or players play off the left wing or right wing. Maybe that put the numbers that even what like won't maybe say goals as much because the kind of player he was, he was more of, he was more of the set number six, just in back in front of the back line, kicking the ball off, and as I say at the start. Um, dictating the play but Gerard and Lampard were more Lampard was probably the best goal scorer out of them but I, would, I still wouldn't have said that he was he was the best I would definitely still say Gerard um, was the best out of the three of them um, so just to sort of play devil's advocate just to sort of stoke the fire a wee bit and you've made fantastic points there which I really appreciate um, yeah. you're looking at uh, you mentioned there uh, Gerard was the shining light of a poor Liverpool squad yeah, for Lampard, years. Lampard uh, was arguably the first name on the team sheet of great Chelsea teams. And yeah. Scholes always had his place in Sir Alex Ferguson's United squad. Yeah. Do you think any of Gerrard's success came down to him being the top player in a bad squad? And arguably, do you think then he could translate 
in the, the United or Chelsea squad and be the player he was for Liverpool for either of those teams? Well, obviously, it, you don't know how true. Obviously, when you hear stories that's 10 years later, you don't know how true it actually was. Apparently, Mourinho in them prime Chelsea teams attempted to sign him twice. And apparently he did go close once. Um, there was a time that I think it was more or less a done deal. And then Gerard had then got cold feet and kind of just called it off. Um, I think, don't know obviously under the whole what the situ- actual proper story, the true story is behind it. But even in that United team, it would have took one hell of a player to move. Even players like, you go back even as Michael Carrick's. And people laugh and think, I oh, then players there, you can always replace them. No, but they, they were some. Like the they were, did an unbelievable job. Yeah, they were the they were the players that makes the team tick. If you would have took Michael Carrick out of the team, you mean maybe not maybe not the most glamorous player, or you'll maybe if you think years down the line, you'll never really think of the great United teams with players like Carrick, yeah. and even players like uh, it goes back even like I suppose Fandesor when you took him off as well, Fulham he was like thirty eight or something. Or he was not 38, but he was maybe, you know, he was on right age. And he was like a fine wine. It was like almost the older he was, like he was getting, the better he was, the better he was getting, yeah. But going back to your point, Mickey, I still, I still do honestly think if Gerard was, at, like, if you had Chelsea, the best Chelsea team in their prime, and the best Manchester United team, whatever year it was, yeah. I still would say if you offered one of the, probably the best manager, Noel Fergie, and yeah. um, at the time, one of the best in Mourinho. I still say both of them would have bit your hand off to take Gerard to have them in their team. Like, yeah, when you when you word it like that, just you know, sometimes you hear these arguments and they're not put across right. Yeah, you can dismiss them very quickly. But when you word it like that, offering sort of the player to the manager as opposed to the player trying to be forced into the team, what either Fergie or Mourinho could have done with Gerard, I think is actually a scary thought and as uh, the people listening to the podcast will know about Anton saying earlier uh, you know, Anton said like if Gerard had went to United at youth level, he would have worked himself up to become the captain of Manchester United, which I still think is an absolute crazy statement, I just can't wrap my head around that idea for Liverpool mm. even want to admit that, but listen, Jordy uh, you've had some fantastic points I really, really appreciate it and uh, you know, I'll hopefully have you back on the podcast again sometime soon. No worries, I really appreciate it, cheers love. So, with Team Gerard finished, uh, and thank you so much to both lads, they were fantastic. It's time now to move on to Team's goals, and starting off with uh, one of two returning guests in this episode, Ryan Lusley. Here's what he had to say. The Manchester United corner. They put their foot on the throttle in the second half. Headed out by McCann. How? Paul scores! with the most brilliant goal. So the first member of Team Skulls to join us on the podcast is someone who's actually already been on the podcast before but has decided that he would like a second crack at the whip to try and convince people of his point of view. Uh, it's a friend of mine and lifelong Manchester United fan, Mr. Ryan Lusley. Lusley, what's crack, mate? Well, what's happening, Aubrey? Yeah, all good, mate, all good. Thanks so much for coming on. Listen, uh, as I said, you've been on the podcast before, uh, mm-hmm. uh, talking about Manchester United before, so here here we are again. You're back You're back trying to argue your case, and yeah. this is this is the, your chance for for you to convince us the way you pay, why you think Paul Scholes is the best midfielder out of the three in question, and, and why do you 
take that loosely. I'll, I'll let you say your piece. Well, when you ask, when like when I was sort of thinking about it earlier, like I was saying, right, I need to pull up a few stats here, you know, like the way I did last time with Bruno Fernandez. But I was like, it's Paul Scholes we're talking about here. Stats shouldn't even come into it. The man has won everything there is to win as a footballer. Has Gerard? No. There's there's him out of the question for me. Well, obviously yes, great footballer, Gerard. Um, never won a Premier League in his long career at Liverpool. Like I mean, yes, Scholes playing a better team, but Paul Scholes like has played in a multitude like so, so many versions of Man United. Yeah. Throughout the years and done it with both teams, you know. He's got like eleven Premier Leagues. I know it's said I want to talk about stats, but just to back up my point. Uh, two Champions Leagues, three FA Cups. Lampard, however, I feel Lampard comes second under Scholes. Okay. Uh, for me, <clears throat> yes, Jared was a Liverpool legend, but uh, Lampard was just his goals. Even Rio Ferdinand said if he was a manager and to pick out the three, he would pick Lampard just purely on his goals, which is something I can get on board with. But just as a like as a footballer and someone you want to control the midfield, a bit of calmness when it's well needed, or that killer through ball when it's well needed is Paul's goals. So tell me this, right? And I know a lot of people who listen will know you and know that you're a very passionate Manchester United fan. And I feel like yeah. I have to ask, in the interest of fairness, it, how like uh, are you looking at this from a biased point of view? Like I know what you're saying, and I know everything that you said yeah. that you've sort of tried to say that you're backing it up with stats and stuff. But just looking at it plain and simply, if Steven Gerrard played for let's say Everton and was as good as he still was, if it just wasn't Liverpool, is he third on your list? Still is, yeah. Um, like yes, he obviously the two thousand five Istanbul for Gerrard that was. An immense moment, and it was purely led by him, not taking that away from him. Um, but think of the amount of seasons that Scholes has turned up for United. The two thousand eight semi final, Barcelona. Yeah. You know the semi final against Juventus, where, like he gave it all, and he unfortunately got yellow card, so he had to miss out on the final. Same as yeah. Roy Keane, um, which was a shame for him. That was going to be his first Champions League final, but like what he brought to the team and as a player and what he did for his teammates, he sort of, like, yes, Gerrard was the main man at Liverpool. Scholes wasn't necessarily always the main man at Man United, but he sort of he went under the radar is his, his ability. Like, which, because obviously the superstars at Man United, he always got overlooked, kind of, yeah, in that you. perspective. Yes, I probably am looking at it in a bias to answer that question. Um, but honestly, if I was a Man United fan, um, I'd probably still look as a, like a footballing fan that Scholes was a better footballer. Um, Lampard was the better goal scorer. Gerrard was maybe the better captain. Let's just put it like that. Yeah. Tell me this, uh, and this is something that I've asked a lot of people in regards to this. Um, you take either Scholes or Lampard and you put them in that 2005 Liverpool squad, do they win mm-hmm. the Champions League? As opposed they to don't Gareth. go, they don't go three 0 down in the first half. That's for sure. Anyway, always <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, oh, right. Okay, I know you're you're absolutely down at the bit here. Do you get wee jobs out of Liverpool? But yeah. do do Liverpool win? Like if Scholes and Lampard are were cha- tasked 
with doing what Steven Gerrard did in that final, does it happen? I, do, I don't know. It's hard to say because um, if you're putting like Scholes, the lad from Manchester, into that Liverpool team, Lampard, the man who grew up West Ham and obviously now Chelsea, put him in a Liverpool team, they're not going to have the same passion and determination as maybe Gerrard did. Like, maybe Gerrard's sort of anger and passion came through and won Liverpool that game. Like, get to you. inspire yeah. the players rather than yeah. actual just, I'll get the ball here, do a couple of step overs and score a screamer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Like, based on pure passion and not football ability, uh, no, I don't think that schools schools for Man United, maybe. Lampard for Chelsea, yes. Could have maybe done it. Okay, yes, it's better for their own individual teams. Yeah, I get, I yeah. get what you mean. Yeah, like, it's hard. It's literally a once in a lifetime situation. You know, so um, it is hard to say, but I can't I, take I think, anything I think you've, away. You've, you've phrased it right there. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, once-in-a-career opportunity. And yeah. Me, in the interest of being unbiased, I do genuinely think Gerard is the only one out of the three that, when tasked with that, could have pulled his team from the dead like he did. Yeah, I do. Good. I yeah. do think, potentially, Lampard... Could have could have had a performance like that in him. He's had mm-hmm. many inspired performances. I'm not saying Scholes couldn't have, but I just think in terms of the order of these three, I also think yeah. there are, as you mentioned, games in which Scholes has been able to control and dictate games much better than any of the other two have. And again, yeah. Scholes comes out with a worldly every so often. You know, goals that you're just like, how the hell did he do that? I know the other ones are, have, have had goals and are prolific goal scorers. Yes. You know, that part, 274 goals is yeah. absolutely outstanding. But Amazing. the whole point of this debate is everybody's able to argue that each of the three individuals have individual capabilities and talents that the other two don't. Yeah. Um, and I think as fans, the difficulty is accepting and recognising the abilities of the other two players outside of the one that you choose to support. And yeah. um, whether you're looking at it with rose-tinted glasses on uh, and you think the Scholes is the best, there are thousands of other people that would say Lampard, thousands of other people that say Gerard. Um, and I suppose this, this is just this is what a football debate is. We'll, we'll always stand true to our own side of the debate. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, Gerard and uh, Scholes and Lampard, they're all three different kinds of players. Yeah. Um. And obviously, in like today's Man United team, I would rather Paul Scholes like for Man United because that's what they're missing. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool right now they're probably missing a Gerrard. Arguably, yes. Yeah, yeah that sort of captain that will bring them through anything. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Henderson's there, but Henderson isn't Gerrard. Do you know? Um, and, granted, he is injured as well, but our, yes, also. But, um, so that that isn't it isn't it like I get exactly what you're saying, but it's not fair to yeah. read Liverpool on that currently because of that. But yes. I do agree that Henderson is nowhere close to the standard in terms of captaincy. Football and ability as well. Uh, yeah. Football, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So listen, this is one of these things. The one of these debates that'll go. The, the next phase of this debate is obviously going to be management and like, success outside of football. Um, this isn't what we're getting into tonight. That's that's a podcast for fifteen years down the line. If I'm right. so crazy enough to even be considered to do in a it. podcast that long, but at um, the minute, man, at the minute, post career, like football career, 
Uh, Jared is obviously clear way through. Like, you know, he's oh yeah, absolutely. Miles but as, as I say, as time goes on, that uh, that debate will come more into we'll, fruition. Yeah. Um, and we'll see see how things go. But listen, for the time being, we're talking about the on-field product. We have been talking about the on-field product. Lucy, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your opinion again. No problem. Thanks very much for having me. Give me the opportunity. Perfect. Now introducing the second member of Team Skulls and the second Manchester United fan of the podcast. Uh, and again, another returning guest, uh, Mr. Michael Dock. How's you? Then on, yeah, good to be back. How's, how, how are you? I'm keeping well, mate. Um, we're, we're back. You're back uh, trying to convince the people of another opinion of yours. Uh, and you believe that Paul Skulls is the best midfielder from three in question. And why is that? Right, well, to start off, I, um, I'm not going to talk about is 11 Premier Leagues, FA, 3 FA Cups, 2 Champions Leagues and the numerous other trophies won at United because if I were to talk about that, what someone else would say and the bright would be that Lampard and Gerrard came from lesser clubs with poorer teams so they, were, they didn't have the chance to win as many trophies as scores and that's completely fair enough you know good job that you're so, not going to um, those and that you haven't come out of the gates absolutely swinging but fair enough go ahead no i'm not going to mention that at all um so what i am going to start off with is um i'll talk about stats and a lot of the time when people talk about this they'll say oh lampard and gerard had more goals you know lampard 177 gerard 120 the scores 107 but what people don't say when they think about this is 37 of lampard's goals came from set pieces 36 of gerard's came from set pieces Every single goal Paul Scholes scored in his entire career came from open play. So that would suggest that he was actually the more clinical finisher of the three. Um, moving on from stats, I'll just I've, I'll get a couple of results from polls up here. So there was a Sky Sports poll um, which gave Scholes 52% of the vote between the three. Uh, Sport Bible poll, Scholes 42% with Gerard behind the 28 and Lampard 17 another one here from TalkSport, again, Paul Scholes, 46%, Gerard 39 Lampard only at 4%, so um, that's just sort of what the general public, um, in some extent, seem to think. But um, on the way, I personally think um, Scholes is the best of the three of them. I think a lot of it comes down to the season he came back from retirement, the help Alex Ferguson winning the yeah. league, so... That's something that we've never really we've never seen that before in football. Someone coming back to the best league in the world and making the impact that Scholes did, and to prove how important he was that season, we'll look at the stats this year. So, two of the main stats midfielders are judged on. We've got the passing success rate and accurate long balls. Um, so that season Scholes hit nine point nine accurate long balls per game, and on average had a pass success rate of nine ninety two point five percent. So that made him that year, 2012, at the age of 37, the second most accurate overall passer in the Premier League, um, and his 9.9 long balls per game, made him the third best midfielder at spread and play in Europe. So that was just in the Premier League across Europe. Um, only AC Milan's midfielder Marco van Bommel and Andre Pirlo were slightly better in terms of long balls hit. So that's above Xavi, Iniesta, you know, and Gerard Lampard, everyone else, not even, not just the two in question. Um, but I think another thing we'll have to highlight here, and I'm sure a lot of people will mention, is not just my view, because obviously I didn't get to watch every game that Lampard, Scholes and Gerard played. I was only born in 2000, but 
what we sort of have to do is look look at the experts. So instead of just my opinion, I'll run through a few quotes from famous footballers and managers about schools. So yeah, let's do it. Pap Pap Guardiola. Out of everyone in, in out of every midfielder in England, he said, um, Paul Scholes was the best midfielder of a generation. He would have loved to have played alongside him. Zidane, uh, one of the best midfielders of all time, called Scholes his toughest opponent ever. Um, Cesc Fabregas and Patrick Vieira both said he was the player they most feared when they played against him. And Fabregas said he was one he the the player he most aspired to be like as a midfielder. Um, Thierry Henry said the Paul Scholes was the best or yeah, the best players ever played against. Um even Sven Goran Eriksson, who actually coached all three of them at England, said at the time that Scholes was England's best footballer. So um I think that sort of tells the story really. You're talking about people that played with him, people that played against them, people that managed them, they're all saying that Scholes was the best of the three. So I think that I think their opinions are gonna be far more valid than mine. So overall between that and coming out of retirement, how clinical it is and just a general view of most you know of like sort of polls and stuff i think yeah. it makes a good case for schools being the best of three well what i will say just right off the bat is when i heard you were going to bring in quotes from other people is please god do not let him be trying to do accents and i'll just say that i'm so <laughs> glad i'm so glad i through that without hearing uh, the sven goner accent accent guardiola <laughs> accent but that's beside the point um yeah i think everyone listening will agree that uh you spent a hell of a lot of time um, researching that. You brought facts and information unlike any other. Um, this, this, you're you're saying this is more than just a debate. This is this is a a passionate uh, feeling. This is how you you feel strongly about the subject. And again, as I've done with everybody else, I've given them the opportunity to talk about the other two players in question. Is there anything? Uh, be it positive or negative, um, within reason, of course, that you would like to to say about Gerard or Lampard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Steven Gerrard was uh, he was another one in a million player, and again, if he had been definitely, if Gerrard had been at a bigger club, he would have won plenty of trophies. Probably would have scored even more goals, and he would have had a brilliant career. But he made the call to stay at Liverpool and. Yeah, fair play to him. I mean, he stayed with the club he loved. And I have to respect that about him more than anything. The fact that he stayed where he was, despite the fact that he only ever really got to win one thing in such a long career. Lampard, um, he won trophies at Chelsea and he was a phenomenal goal scorer for, like, being, for being a midfield player. A phenomenal goal scorer, a phenomenal passer of the ball. And I think he's brilliant. I just don't think he's as good as goals. So yeah, I have nothing bad to say about the other two. I just think goals is slightly better. People will always bring into question um, leadership capabilities, uh, captaincy roles, uh, you know, two words which are never really properly associated with Paul Scholes. What would you say to that? I think, well, when you look at, like, yeah, Scholes was never, he was never given an armband, but here a brilliant story comes to mind is, um, say, one Ronaldo, the story of him and Ronaldo at Man United training. So, um, Ronaldo's stayed after training, he's practicing his fancy flicks and step overs and whatever and Scholes comes over to him and they see a tree about 40 yards away and Scholes just says to Ronaldo, you know, he points at the tree and just says, can you hit that there with the ball? You know, never mind all your step overs and whatnot. And Scholes took the ball, hit it two or three times in a row, easy. Ronaldo tried once, twice, kept going, couldn't hit the tree. And that was sort of Scholes' way of like showing Ronaldo that you need to get the basics right. Yeah. And I think like, 
if you look at that, like that's the type of impact Scholes had on younger players at United the entire time he was going through. So even though he might have been outspoken enough to be a captain, you know, we're talking at a time Roy Keane was the captain at United, you know, the Manny Village, big sort of yeah. outspoken, you know, clear leaders. But Scholes did lead, just not, he, did, he didn't lead in anyone's face, but it was yeah. he, he was still leading just behind the scenes. Okay, just to just stoke the fire then a wee bit, um, it was reported a lot of the times um, that Sir Alex Ferguson, and both Jose Mourinho, but uh, more importantly the one I want to talk about is Sir Alex Ferguson, had uh, on several occasions tried to poach Stephen Gerrard. Um, what, what do you make of that, and does that come across as Sir Alex Ferguson saying Gerrard is a better player? I don't think it comes across as him seeing him as a better player. I think Sir Alex Ferguson, if if you're the manager of if you're the manager of the best team in England, why why not want the best players? You know what I mean? Like especially after Gerard, like not to forget he came sort of on the scene just a wee while after Kane left United. So there was sort of there was an opening there, really. You know you'd Michael Carrick and stuff, but if I think Gerard, if if Gerard had been in that sort of two thousand eight two thousand nine team alongside Paul Scholes in midfield. United could have done. They could have won two or three Champions Leagues, you know, um, even more Premier Leagues potentially. So yeah. I think if anything, it would sort of it would have supplemented the team, and I don't think it's his way. Of saying it. I don't think he would have replaced Scholes with Gerrard. I think they would have went well together. Fair enough. Um, I just wanted to ask you to see to see what you'd say. But listen, uh, in conclusion, what would be your your parting words for people in terms of this uh, debate? Parting words, well, um, I don't really know. I think, like, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's always going to open to interpretation, but I just think when you look at the span of his career, reviews from people who know a lot more about football and a lot more experience in football than I do, and just, like, uh, his, his longevity and what he managed to do at the age of 37, you know, the impact he had coming out of retirement and arguably arguably winning Alex Ferguson in his last league alongside Robin Van Persie, I think, like, it's something we'll never see from any other player, so I think that's why I think that's why schools are in top spot for me anyway. Listen, Michael Doc, once again you've been excellent and thank you so much for coming on the podcast to argue your case. Not a problem. So that's that late. We have Team Lampard and the only man brave enough to come on the podcast and give his opinion on this debate, uh, Mr Navin Dixon, and here's what Navin had to say on why he thinks Frank Lampard is the best of the three. Another one score. Black and Elka. And now Lampard. He's escaped Neville this time. Frank Lampard! Oh! Pick that out. Frank Lampard blasts Chelsea into the lead. For the so first introducing time. the one and only member of Team Lampard uh, when I put up the call this podcast on uh, Instagram and Facebook and stuff I had a lot of replies I had a lot of people for Scholes a lot of people for Gerard um, a lot of people actually saying Lampard as well but nobody brave enough to come onto the podcast and stick their neck and their word on the line apart from one who joins me now Mr Navin Dixon is on the podcast to discuss why he thinks Lampard is the batter of the three Navin what's the crack mate? Well how are you? Yeah keep him well mate uh, as I said thank you so much for coming on you're the only one brave enough to to come on here and share why you think Frank Lampard is the uh, is the better midfielder of the three, and and why is that? Uh, you know, the floor is yours. Right, I think 
Lampard is the best because he has the most goals output. Now, when I think of a midfield, I want someone who's going to score me goals. Yeah. So I, have, you know, Chelsea, two hundred and eleven goals. He's a record goal scorer, and like, you know, for a midfielder, that is just unheard of. You know, in any league, you know, Absolutely. in history. Um, he's the Premier League's highest goal scoring midfielder, one hundred and seventy seven goals. Um, you know, he beat some strikers. You know, you Rackers, look at yeah. um, like. Andy Cole, you know, players like that, you know, he played at the top level and, you know, he's outscoring them from midfield. Um, Just some trophy trophies he won at Chelsea, you know, um, three Premier Leagues, um, four FA Cups, two League Cups, two Community Shields, Champions League, Europa League. Now, I would say out of the three, I would say that Lampard had more of an influence on them te- on the team winning the trophies. Okay. <clears throat> now that might be a bit bold. Yeah, but, I was. Just, I was. That's why I was know. a wee bit like okay, because in terms of team influence, that's not perhaps what people would argue for Lampard. But anyway, don't let me interrupt you. Continue. Um, individual awards. Um, came second in the Ballon d'Or, two thousand five. Um, Stephen Gerrard came third that year, so you know he was voted <laughs> higher than Stephen Gerrard. Yeah. And I'd just like to say, Paul Scholes has never received a vote in the Ballon d'Or in his career. Um, two thousand five Footballer of the Year, Premier League Player of the Season, uh, top assist provider in the Premier League three times, and uh, PFA Team of the Year. He was in it three years in a row. He was also in the 2005 FIFA World Eleven, uh, England Player of the Year award twice. He was in the Euros 2004 team of the tournament. 2008 UEFA Midfielder of the Year, Argu- arguably should have won the Champions League that year. Um, against you know Manchester United. Oh, talk about that. Manchester United. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and three times Chelsea Player of the Year. You know. You've, outstanding indi- you, individual you've, achievements there. You've come armed with facts and you've come armed with figures, um, which is fair enough to you. This is the whole point of this. You, you, you've obviously argued a whole lot about this and now you want to, to prove the facts. Um, I want to go back to that that point you made because um, I feel like that's a good talking point about team influence. Uh, do you, like, yes. you said team influence in regards to trophy winning, but as a whole, week in, week out, do you genuinely believe that he was the biggest influence on his team compared to the other two? Um, well, people say Stephen Gerrard was because he, he's their captain, but um, you know, Stephen Gerrard, you know, when you when you think back to them Liverpool teams he played in, you know, you wouldn't really look at them and say they were an outstanding team. Yeah, you know, you think back to the Manchester United teams, like they were they were brilliant football teams. And even Chelsea, you know, when they first won the league two thousand and five, you know, arguably one of the best, very underrated Premier League teams. Um, yeah. you could maybe do a podcast on that, Michael. <laughs> um, you know, you know, Chelsea only conceded fifteen goals that whole season, and you play thirty eight games. You know. Yeah, that's impressive. Had a Jack's first season in the Premier League and he, you know, 24 clean sheets or something. Outstanding. Exactly. So, 
Um, yeah, well, in terms of goals, you know, that is a huge influence. You know, you have to score to win matches, you know. Um, like, a crazy fact, I don't know if you've seen it going around on Instagram or anything, but if Lampard stopped scoring goals in 2006, like when he was arguably only at his peak, yeah, he, if he stopped scoring then, he would still have more goals than Xavi and Iniesta combined, you know. You're talking about well, two of the that's best big. players, you know. Like, that's a huge fact there. Um, okay, so we know where you stand on Lampard and we know how evidently highly you rate him and you rate this Chelsea side. Um, taking a step back, uh, taking your Chelsea goggles off uh, just for yep. two seconds, looking at the other two, um, obviously Lampard's number one on your list. Uh, who's two and who's three and why? I would put uh, Stevie G second and Paul's goals third in my personal opinion. And is there any particular reason why? Um, I think, well, in Paul's goals, now he's a wee bit before you know, my time, but yeah. from what I've heard of you know in the 90s or whatever he did play that more attacking sort of role in the midfield and he just he wasn't he was never putting the goals in like Lampard was and to be fair you know when he developed that deeper role you know and his pass and ability and stuff you know he was you know he could dictate a game you know and that's 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 good and all but you know if you when I was talking about influence with Lampard I reckon you could take Paul's goals out of that team of Manchester United and they'd still win all them trophies. Okay. You know, um, I think I, I, I would say he's replaceable. Oh, well, that's a big word. Um, um, that would just, like, I, I agree to a certain I'm extent. Really I, I, like, I know. <laughs> you'll, have a, you'll have a few Man United fans texting you definitely after this one. Um, I know what you're saying. I I sorry. Let me rephrase it. I know what you're trying to say. Um, mm. he did. You know, he the word replaceable is where you got me. Um, simply because you can put another midfielder in there. You could put uh somebody in his position. Uh, and granted, United might still have the same success, but with what ease? You know, how easy he made the game flow for United. How he was able to connect defense and attack. His ability to slow the game down when it was needed to spread the play, I don't think can be mirrored or recreated by anybody else other than Paul Scholes. Um, you know, Paul mm-hmm. Scholes came out of retirement to replace Paul Scholes. Do you know what I mean? They never really find that link yeah. in, in between for, for a while while he was out. Um yeah. so I, I get your point, I know what you mean. Um but I just I don't think I don't think the word replaceable is is the Mm-hmm. Is the phrase that would be used or should be used, um, because Scholes is one of the yeah. But yeah, not among United fans, but maybe from the outside, it looks like. A, and again, you know, I can, I can, like, I can see why it does, and it doesn't mean I'm agreeing to it. But I like, mm-hmm. I, I understand why people would say that. But that's people that are watching Manchester United highlight reels, and it's Rooney and Ronaldo and everyone else scoring hmm. the goals and you, you know if you go back and you watch Chelsea or Liverpool highlights it's Lampard and it's Gerrard but 
what you miss is the build up to those goals or you know coming out of yeah. defence and and the key passes that get a move flowing. Um, as you said, you know Scholes played in brilliant United teams uh, more or less his entire career. But what's a credit to him is you know he was one of the first names on the team sheet nearly every single week. Gerard arguably had the worst setup around him. Um, oh, I understand. Yeah, so that's why he was always on the team sheet. Lampard did yeah. well. Lampard had great teams around him, so he was he was doing well to get on them. Not doing well. He obviously made a case and deserved to be involved in those teams. But uh, to say, you know, Paul Scholes was carried by United. Now, I know those aren't your words, but it sort of uh, it would be a narrative is that, mm-hmm. you know, Scholes was carried by a great United team. You don't get involved in a great Sir Alex Ferguson United squad without being a great player. So. Oh, I'm, I'm not saying he wasn't a great player. I, you know, I wouldn't take that away from. I you know I'd say he was a great player, but yeah, absolutely. But in, in terms of the word replaceable, um, I feel like that that needs to be noted that to be in one of Sir Alex Ferguson's great United squads, it's uh, it's worth noting who he, who he played for and the teams the, or the teammates he had around him, mm. and he was always one of the first names on the team sheet. Um, but you do make good points elsewhere. Um. So Gerard two, Scholes three. Um, I you know that's interesting because I generally you know I I thought you would have had Scholes just from knowing you personally. I thought you would have had Scholes in the middle, but um, you know you you've stated your point as as to why you feel that way. Um, yeah. It's it's always good when when you hear these debates. You know you get a different side of someone's opinion than what you were perhaps expecting um mm-hmm. and as is the case of this whole podcast i mean for those listening earlier will have heard uh you know some people say that if gerard started at united uh at the united youth level he could have worked his way up to become united captain now this was all hypothetical navel navin and i know you haven't heard mm-hmm. that yet but uh it just goes to show the, the range in people's opinion don't you think yeah that's uh, an interesting point he, now this was coming from a Liverpool fan, and he, uh, you know, he admitted afterwards off her that he, he nearly felt quite sick having to admit such a thing. The fact that he was <laughs> in the United jersey, and, and myself as a United fan, it was almost a crazy thought. But um, <laughs> have you have you any other points? Anything you want to add on? Uh, just just to state your claim while you're while you're here. Uh, no, I think uh, you know I my point on who I stand by. I stand by Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard, Chelsea Football Club, and uh, you even managed to ruffle a few feathers while you were here, calling Paul Scholes replaceable. And for that, you are perhaps the bravest guest that has ever been on. <laughs> Maybe you just leave that wee word out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is the thing. This is this is one tech. This is fresh, and uh, you know, uh, for all all the let's say the, the feedback uh, that you'll get from this, uh, I think you've brought that upon yourself. And if your face yeah. is on the front page of the Largan Mail. For slander <laughs> next week, or then on your head, be it. But listen, Navin, all jokes aside, uh, thank you so much for coming on. You came with great facts, great figures, uh, a lot of knowledge, and uh, thank you so, so much. No worries. Perfect. Pleasure. So that brings me in to this episode of the McLaugh podcast. I can I just say before we finish up, uh, this one was so much fun. Uh, thank you so much to everybody that came on and gave their opinion. Thank you so much to everybody that replied on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, however you got involved, thank you so much. Uh, as I said, if you do want to stay 
getting involved at michaelarvey98 on twitter at the michaelarvey podcast on instagram uh, there'll be plenty of stuff going up on the social medias over the coming weeks and stuff to try and get podcast ideas flowing but as i say this was so much fun i really enjoyed it let me know if anybody wants to change your mind or who you think is the best player but uh, as for now thank you so much for listening and i'll see you all in the next episode of the mclav podcast cheers Perfect. Perfect.